Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods? Fickle butt. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate Sunday Scaries podcast brought to you by our good friends at DoorDash, NFL Sunday Ticket, and Bet Online. I'm your co-host, Cody, joined by my brother for another in-person edition of the podcast, Tyler. Looking good over there on that side of the table. Thank you. I feel like we're doing an episode of Katie's boardroom. We're at like a pretty long table, I'd say, sitting on the opposite ends of it, doing some business deal. So, yeah, it's fun to do these in person. It's good to have a, an on-site every now and again and, and put a face to a name. Um, but, yeah, the NBA playoffs are rolling here. We have the first round is slowly but surely winding up here. Uh, we had our first second round game today with Raptors, Celtics, Celtics, Took a hand, took, they, I was kind of, uh, I'm still on the Raptors, but Celtics played well today. 
Yeah, Celtics dominated that game. You look at the box score, no one really went off when we were talking with Jason last week about this series. I thought it would have to be Tatum really just kind of taking over for the Celtics, Jalen Brown. But today they had a really balanced effort, six guys in double digits, Smart and Tatum both with 21. So, you know, the Celtics, I think you look at both these teams, their best five versus Toronto's best five. I think the Celtics edged them out that way. Just Toronto's depth, I thought, would take them over. Trying not to overreact too much to one game, but Siakam really has struggled in the bubble in 12 games in Orlando. He's averaging 17.8 points a game, shooting under 40% from the field in three. So he's really been struggling. He needs to raise his game because that's the one thing that does worry me about the Raptors. You know, he he was great in the regular season. Then Fleet was great. But in the playoffs, it's different. Like, who's going to be the go-to guy to get buckets for them? They don't have Kawhi this year. Yeah, it will be something they're going to have to sort out. I still like their depth over Boston um, to be able to get through them there. Just looking at the futures on Bet Online right now, just given we're recording Sunday night, the Bucks are minus 110 to come out of the East. The Celtics are now, after beating the Raptors, they're plus 225. Uh, the Raptors are plus 475, and the Heat are the long shot here at plus 750. I still like the Raptors at plus 475. I still think that's an interesting price if you like the Celtics. I don't think this plus 225 makes a ton of sense. I think you probably just keep betting them uh, to, win, to win these games and, and you get there. But um, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. The Bucks Heat tomorrow. I saw the Bucks are about a five-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. I love the Heat in this first game. The Heat are the only team that has um, had, had a winning record versus the Bucks in the regular season. They face them here. Jimmy Butler is coming off. He had a shoulder sprain, but luckily for him, they've had six days off, so he'll be well-rested. Um, and I think game one, they're going to come out and play well. I just... I, I'm still I'm still wary of the Bucks. That's why I'm so bullish on the Raptors, just trying to find another team. And every time I watch the Bucks, I just don't think they look like that great. Like you look at these rosters. Obviously, besides Giannis, you're like I actually like guys like two two to three ver three through eight more on the Heat. Yeah, usually when we agree on something, it's a terrible I, sign. I don't like that because I do like the Heat as well. And what I really like about the Heat, and you kind of just touch on, is how deep they are and how balanced they are in their four games versus Indiana. You know, they had three different leading scorers in those games. Jimmy Butler played really bad scoring-wise in the fourth game. They still won that game pretty handily by 12, and Indiana was a good team. Nate McMillan lost his job this week. Like, Indiana was a solid team. They were missing Sabonis, and for the Heat to kind of just take care of business with them in four games, I was really impressed with that. Um, so they're super deep in the, that first round series. They had five guys average double digits, and Jake Crowder is at nine point eight, so six essentially. So they're super deep, and you look at the box kind of box scores, and it's all Giannis as far as leading in points, rebounds, assists, Bledsoe in a couple games. But it's, it's all on Giannis, and he's the best player in the series. So we've seen that you know that team, whoever has the best player, win usually. But I think the depth of Miami is going to give them a lot of issues. They could throw. Jimmy Baller at him, Iguodala, Crowder, Bam, just throwing different bodies and keeping it fresh at Giannis. I, I really do think that he'd have a good chance of winning this series. The thing that makes me nervous is this injury out of Jimmy Baller. That's why I like him game one after a lot of rest. A shoulder sprain. It feels like something the way he plays where he's in the lane a lot, kind of uh, either driving to the basket mid-range. 
it seems like something that could flare up, uh, just especially given his history. So we'll see. Um, I still like the Bucks in the series, but I think this one goes at least six or seven. And then the other game tomorrow, Rockets, Thunder, I think – the game was close uh, on Saturday night, and then the Rockets absolutely blew the door off. They won by 34. Westbrook didn't even look good uh, in his first game back. But, Tyler, I I love the Rockets in this one, uh, five and a half. And there are three games they've won. They have an average margin of victory of 21 points. This feels like kind of the end of the rope for the Thunder, which we liked them beforehand, but I think the Rockets have just looked better than anticipated. Yeah, the Rockets have the best defensive rating so far through the playoffs. It's not a huge sample size, but when people think about them, they only think about, you know, they play small, they shoot a ton of threes, they don't play any defense. They are actually a pretty good defensive team. In last night's game, the Thunder scored under 20 points in three of the four quarters. So, Houston's been playing well defensively. They're, they don't have a lot of, you know, they're not a lot of hype, but you know, Covington, P.J. Tucker, these aren't, like, easy guys to move around. Yeah. So I, I do like Houston. I, I, th- I do think they end it tomorrow night. Thunder have had a really great season and have outshined everyone's expectations. Great year for Chris Paul, but I think this is the end of the road for them. You just, like, some of the possessions you watch, you're just like, where are the points coming from? Yeah, especially when Chris Paul's not on the court. I mean, they're really relying on Shea and, and Dennis Schroeder to step up. But looking at the stats from Game 5, OKC missed 39 out of 46 threes they took. That's that's a brutal. That's brutal. Um, not good. Fifteen percent. Yeah. Oh, good math out of you. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's that's confirmed nightmare. But we had a great guest on. Really fun. We had Matt Mitchell. Uh, he's a senior producer at the Action Network. We had a couple other guys from Action on the past. Matt has a incredibly interesting background. Uh, kind of worked his way into into the kind of audio producing space after doing something completely different for a few years. So I think that journey is always fascinating. Um, he's a big better. So talk to him about the NFL. He's a Bills fan um, and kind of the general state of the sports betting content world and a whole lot more. So enjoy the interview with Matt and we'll be back with next week with even more content because football is right around the corner. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to get the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. Support for Full Slate is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. This battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. 
If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that drunk of yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FULLSLATE at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FULLSLATE, all caps, no spaces, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off for free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FULLSLATE. Counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food that you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurant like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Wow. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Okay, and Cody and I are excited to welcome on our next guest, Matt Mitchell, Senior Producer at Action Network. How are you doing tonight, Matt? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing good. We're on a vacation, but we're happy to be talking to you. We saw last week you posted a video that you were stung by a wasp, so we want to know how you're feeling. Are you recovering? Uh, can you give us a status update? I just finished the round of uh, horse pills that they gave me for it. Today was the last one, uh, so I'm uh, I'm I'm not feeling as roided up and powerful as I was uh, earlier this week. But uh, I have I have bounced back in some ways. I'm stronger than ever, uh, <laughs> though I, I you know as a as a as a parent of two young children, I I will miss the the, the steroid high because uh, I got to take my thrills any way I can I can get them these days. Love that, love that. So, Matt, you've had a pretty interesting background here. I went over your Twitter, went over your LinkedIn. So let's let's start from this transition. From uh, you were a Wiener Mobile spokesperson at Oscar Mayer to now, as Tyler said, senior producer at the Action Network. So how does one transition from uh, boots on the ground Wiener Mobile spokesperson to being at a one of the biggest gambling media companies in the world? Well, I, I mean, I would argue that driving a 27-foot fiberglass hot dog and producing world-class gambling content are more or less the same job. But I, I guess for some people that might seem a, a, a stretch. So I, I sorry, guess I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean to insult you there after that. Yeah. So after after college, I went to Mizzou, and after that, uh, I was I was hired as a driver of the Wienermobile, which is a program that Oscar Mayer's run for a number of years. And which was a, a, a dream of a, a dream of a job, and I traveled around the uh, the country in the Wienermobile, and, and I took it to 27 states and about 25,000 miles in 12 months. And then after that, I I managed mobile marketing tours uh, like that for other companies. Uh, eventually, met my wife on one of those tours. And uh, being a traveling kind of land sailor got a lot less appealing when I, uh, <laughs> I wasn't single. So I, I, chased, I chased my now wife to uh, Milwaukee uh, and then ended up ma- managing tours like that for a, an agency in Milwaukee for a number of years. Uh, woke up one day and was like, I, we're going to have a kid soon. Uh, I'm not going to be able to, to, uh, to transition and, and do something uh, more creative, something that I'm really passionate about. 
if you know, if we have kids, so I should I should make some kind of uh, some kind of plan, make it make a big life change now before it's too late. What I didn't know what, was that it was actually too late. You can't make a transition like that if your your wife's already pregnant. The the horse is already out of the barn. You can't try to close those doors. So uh, regardless, because I was I was almost incomprehensibly ignorant. Uh, I I. Uh, Decided I was going to go to grad school and go to Syracuse and learn audio production. I love podcasts. I love audio. So I would do a complete uh, sea change professionally. And we packed up our very nice life in, in Milwaukee and our nice, our nice uh, double income, no kids lifestyle. Moved to uh, Syracuse, New York. And I'm, I'm actually, just by coincidence, I'm from Rochester, New York, coincidentally. Um, I love Rochester. I love Western New York. Neither of those cities are nice places at all. And I would never let either of you two guys say that, but I can – I'll tell anybody that. Um, I love them, but that's, that's, not a, that's not an upgrade. And uh, we moved to a, to a crappy apartment in Syracuse with uh, – the in a six-week period, my, my wife gave birth. I took my paternity leave. I returned from paternity leave. I quit my job. We packed up. We moved. And I began graduate school uh, like a couple days later. So, uh, which is just don't, like, don't do that for any listeners. I give that a zero star Yelp review. Uh, it was incredibly stressful. It was, it was, uh, it was a rough transition, but it worked. I, I learned the, the tools of the trade. I knew Chad Millman, uh, head of, head of, uh, content at action, uh, from his podcast, uh, behind the bets at ESPN. Uh, we kept in touch and then I was thinking to myself, well, maybe I'll be able to get a job. Uh, with ESPN Audio in some capacity, because I, I know, Chad, maybe I can grovel to him and get a job there. And then in the, in the middle of my first uh, first fall semester, uh, in the, to start one of his, his shows, he just says, oh, by the way, I'm leaving ESPN Effective today. Goodbye. And I thought, well, that's it. I'm totally, I'm totally screwed. Uh, but I, I was able to maintain contact with him. Uh, the Action Network was, ended up, you know, uh, was what he was leaving for. I, I stayed in touch and I pitched him uh, basically an externship that was a graduate by capstone and told him I could, I could provide the Action Network with a uh, post-production service um, at a very reasonable rate because I, was, you know, I, was, I needed this internship. Uh, and in addition, I'm a complete gambling degenerate and have gambled basically every single day uh, for, at that time. I gambled almost every single day of the year except for my wife's birthday uh, for seven years. And that's uh, that's like something you want to tell, uh, you know, leaders of a company like Action. Uh, that was very enticing, and uh, yeah, I ended up getting my foot in the door uh, and have parlayed that into uh, into a, into a very nice position that I I love, and I get to bring uh, award-winning gambling podcasts and other other content to uh, hardworking American degenerates like yourselves. Yeah, it's a great story, and it sounds like the gamble you took to you know quit quit your job, go to Syracuse, eventually paid off. Now you're at Action Network. I see on your LinkedIn, uh, you started at Action in July 2018. How has the company evolved since you've been there and also just the, the gambling industry in general with, you know, more states making it legal as we go? So it's, it's wild. So my, my, first, uh, my first month as a contractor was actually right before that was in, in April of 2018. And it was action was very small. It was a startup. It had just been um, it had just come together that previous fall. So it was a very small company, very few full time employees. And uh, 
when I was on a call with with Chad in May of 2018, I had just begun. And in the middle of the call, he said, hey, uh, the Supreme Court just struck down PASPA. I, I got to go and hung up. And just like that, my whole life changed. And so did the fortunes of action as you know, gambling, sports gambling became, you know, uh, decriminalized or whatever that you could you could suddenly gamble the, the the floodgates were swung wide open that changed the company much faster than i think i i had anticipated and the difference between you know uh, as you guys know gambling is a, you know 24 7 365 kind of thing in the sports world but it's primarily football season or not football season in america and so i i've i've seen the 2018 season the 2019 season and now we're going into the 2020 season, and each one action is feels totally, uh, like totally rejuvenated and totally um, just getting bigger and bigger and, and changing for the better each season. Because at the end of the day, we're still a we're still a pretty young company. I think we punch above our weight class in a lot of ways, but it's been incredible to see the depth and breadth of coverage, the way that we the way that we. Uh, cover uh, sports, not only the, the major, you know, the major hockey, basketball, uh, football, that kind of thing, but to cover, I mean, we were covering darts pretty in-depth during the pandemic. We, we service whatever uh, campers are interested in. So to be able to see how we've evolved in, in what ends up feeling like a really long time, but it's actually been a fairly short time is, is pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Especially as legalization gambling becomes more widespread across the country, we've also kind of seen on the media side, more and more investment um, into just ways that the operators can can gain new users and the podcast, the video, all this stuff kind of rushing into the space and this being right in your wheelhouse, Matt. What do you think, like what what are your thoughts on the current state of kind of the sports betting content world and kind of areas you feel like it, it could do better? Cody, you know what, you know what's totally wild to me when you, when you ask that question about like what, what's the state? Yeah. Very recently, like not that it was, uh, it, it was just several years ago. Uh, the show uh, Vegas was on NBC. Uh, it had J- James Kahn and Nikki Cox, and it, w- it was a, just a kind of a, a whatever NBC show. Mm-hmm. They did not. <laughs> the NFL did not allow uh, NBC to promote that show the way you do, like when you come back from a commercial break mm-hmm. tonight on Vegas. They couldn't show that during Sunday Night Football by rule from the NFL. They told their own broadcast partner, who was who paid them like a billion dollars to to broadcast the NFL, that they couldn't run a promo because it was a, a fictional show about a real city where it's legal to game plus sports. <laughs> and the NBC was like, "Sounds good, yeah." That's that was the state of affairs, which is like that was the same as you know the fifties, <laughs> very recently, and then now uh, whatever. Uh, uh, Thursday or Friday, NBC buys a 4.9% share in points bet. Like they've, everyone has changed so completely and so quickly. Uh, I'm, I'm continuously stunned as someone that was very pro gambling for a long time. I, I always thought that kind of division between sports and sports gambling was so, so silly and so artificial and so unnecessary uh, that if you think it's because people aren't gambling just because you say it's not allowed that's that's just a it's almost a childlike view of how people enjoy anything uh that it's been i've been really excited and i think the coverage is good but i think a lot of the coverage remains uh somewhat inauthentic in that it's being informed by people who are professional 
uh, either journalists or, uh, you know, media types, media personalities, professional presenters, professional producers, but who are not themselves gamblers. And I think gambling content should be slickly produced and and entertaining and should should work hard to present well, uh, as well as you can. But I I think there is not enough – I don't think there's enough production talent that actually gambles right now to be able to inform a a surprisingly specific audience. Because while sports gamblers are sports fans, people who want sports gambling, you know, gambling forward sports content want the gambling first and the sports second. And I, I don't think that's always the case right now, but I think that'll change very soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting point you raised about the NFL and NBC. You know, we were talking before we started about the Jazz Nuggets game and TNT before the game started. Uh, Ernie on the pregame show said, you know, the fan duel line of the night. So these broadcast companies that were so against it a few years ago are starting to integrate it more at Action Network. What's kind of what's kind of like the biggest focus point for bringing in maybe people who are sports fans that are trying to get into gambling? Like, how do you guys, I guess, put it in terms for people who might not know what a point spread is? Like, what's like the biggest challenge, I guess, reaching out to those people who are you're trying to bring into the sports gambling world? Well, that's a good question. So, so there's like any like any industry, like anyone <laughs> anyone promoting any product, like any any representative in any uh, kind of uh, big industry, you want your uh, everyone is helped when the tent is bigger. Everyone gets bigger slices of the pie from a bigger pie. Uh, and it's it's easier to to grapple and, and fight over pie slices when it's it's much much larger. And that happened with football broadcasts. That happens with all sorts of things. So I think the first thing is to is to just make this tent bigger. Make make get more people excited about the uh, participating in the world of sports gambling. And as someone that once took uh, in my you know my old life, I would be taking clients to Vegas for totally non-gambling related purposes because we did a lot of event executions there and, and conferences and boring, boring, boring business stuff like that. But you end up, they would say, I hear you gamble. Can you show me how to gamble? Can you take me out to, to do some gambling as if, you know, it would be uh, what, I, what it gave me a look into, particularly with sports betting, but for all betting, really, uh, it's, it's very intimidating. It's an intimidating world and it has it has some somewhat high barriers to entry in that people don't like to do things they're intimidated by. And those things don't, things that are intimidating don't immediately get perceived as fun. I think sports gambling is just about the most fun thing a person can do, uh, regardless of whether or not they like sports, but that's me. I'm biased. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting to to tell uh, a lot of our clients would be like uh, women 23 to 27 was a lot of the clients that I dealt with. And they, and they were sports fans, and they would say, what, like, what should I do? And I would start by saying, well, let's discover what your risk appetite is. And I think that's, the, that's the, I think, a question that, that I find myself asking internally at Action a lot when you want to help explain to people from a 101 basis, here's what a point spread is, here's what, um, here's what lines mean. Uh, I mean, just real, real basic stuff. Even things like uh, the point spread itself is like the product. When you're, when you're buying, if you go to a bar – and you want to buy a, a packaged product, like a, a bottle of Budweiser, and you say, I'd like, I'd like a bottle of Budweiser, and they say, that'll be whatever it is. That'll be $4. And you go to another bar, and you say, I'd like a bottle of Budweiser, and they say, that'll be $5. If you would rather be buying it at the one that's for because it's exactly the same product, right? We know it's the same bottled beer of the same amount uh, and for different prices. 
and a point spread is like the bottle of beer. It's, it's the product. Once you change the line, the product has changed. But if you have uh, accounts at two sports books and one has a game at a uh, football game at minus seven, the other one has it at minus seven and a half, getting people to see the line is the product and the price, the, the odds, the minus 110, minus 120, trying to explain to people what that means, that's how much the beer costs. So you want to first find, uh, you know, if a, if a line is pretty, is pretty stagnant, which is pretty common for football games, you want to go find the beer that costs the least and try to put it in terms that they might understand makes it a lot less intimidating. So we, we find ourselves doing that a lot across the board, um, explaining things like when you look at a Vegas board, the, the beautiful the boards, the, you know, the, the red and green boards that make my I, I'm not even looking at one right now. And I'm just Cheering picturing up. one. Oh, oh, God, it makes me so happy. Uh, just, but there's a lot, it's a lot. When you look at it, it looks like a, uh, the same way that some people get intimidated by a stock ticker or, you know, when you just, you go by CNBC and you're like, this whole thing, it looks like a mass pass that you, it's actually not that intimidating. Everything makes sense. Everything is there for a reason. Uh, and so just trying to, to make people, uh, feel less intimidated because once they kind of understand how it works, it does, it's not a, it's not a very uh, long walk between understanding how to bet on sports and having a good time doing it. Mm -hmm. That was the beer analogy was amazing. Actually, that was one of the better ones I've heard in terms of explaining a point spread and and the pricing and, and to make it uh, more approachable to, to a newer person. So good job by you, Matt. Um, (laughs) I want to transition to, I saw on your Twitter bio, you mentioned you're from uh, Rochester. You're a Bills fan, right? That's right. I'm I'm an upstate New York sewer person. That's right. Perfect. Um, so want to get your thoughts on this upcoming season. We know Brady leaves the division. This is the Bills' big time to shine. I know I I put a, a future on you guys to win the, um, the AFC East. What's, where, where's your head at with the team, Josh Allen, um, all of it? So I'm, well, first of all, I don't care for all of the optimism. It makes me extremely uncomfortable, and I think Bills Sorry. fans... Yeah, I think Bills fans of a certain age uh, should be real Bills fans who are over 30 for sure should feel very uncomfortable that people are looking at this team and, and feeling warm fuzzies, mostly because it's in our experience that's just been uh, – that's been faith that has been uh, Ill, you know ill-advised. When I was uh, – just before my 14th birthday, the Music City Miracle happened, and then if you – and I was – crushed by that by that play and I could talk about that one play all day but the point is when I laid on that couch wishing I was dead if someone had said don't worry the Bills will be back in the playoffs when you don't have any more hair and you'll have a son you'll be married you'll have a son you'll be a sad bald guy uh in like 100 years it was uh that was two, it was 19 January of 2000 to January of uh, 2017. So it took 17 years for me to see them make the playoffs again after them making the playoffs almost every year for a dozen years. So I'm, I'm, I had this uh, thick candy shell of, of trying to keep both pain and pleasure. And in fact, being a Bills fan is what ultimately drove me to sports gambling because I stopped being able to derive the kind of pleasure from just watching sports that a lot of sports fans get. Because I love the Bills so much more than I love all my other teams, that that ultimately, when I look back, was what sort of disassociating me 
from, oh, I watch sports, I'm having a good time, to, I like watching sports, I'm having an awful time, how can I make this more fun again? And I was, nev- and I was never going to switch teams. So I, I feel good overall about the team and where they're going. It's nice to have a real owner and a real uh, coach and a real, I'm not going to give him real quarterback status yet, but not a, not a completely inept quarterback. He does have the weird, uh, dark doll eyes, like, the, like a shark. He's, Josh Allen's got those weirds that just like they're like little uh, like a squirrel. They really freak me out, but I'm I, I wish him all the best, and I it's nice to at least see him being a hillbilly Superman taking some chances. So I don't know. I, they're I, I, it looks like the Patriots are punting on the season with all these opt outs, but it makes me uh, I've learned not to count them out. Yeah, it's hard to hard to go against the Patriots with you know the track record, obviously with Cam Newton there. I feel like. They could be surprisingly good, or maybe they end up tanking. You mentioned you're you're a little skeptical of Josh Allen. Obviously, the playoff game last year, they have the 16-point lead. They they blow that. You're shaking your head right now. Um, Cody and I are 49er fans, so we can relate to devastating football losses. Um, they bring in Stefan Diggs in the offseason in a trade. Do you think Josh Allen kind of takes that you know perennial next step that's always talked about to kind of carry this team over? Or do you think it's kind of more of what we've seen so far from him? He's not a smart guy. So, like, I love Josh Allen. He's fun to watch. But, like, Josh Allen makes plays, including a couple plays in that in that playoff game. The lateral. That, that are so incomprehensible, Tyler. I mean, you, you like, the lateral, what the lateral actually kind of made me feel good because that was very Bill's game. That was very, <laughs> like, I've been watching game, uh, plays like this for so long, but no one's watching them because the Bills are terrible. They've been they're buried on red zone or whatever, and it was nice to really get a nice national TV stage to pull full of shenanigans like lateraling it to no one when the stakes are high. Uh, so I, I'm I hope he can make the next step, but he still he still does that thing that that uh, that Donovan McNabb did early in his career where he's like every play it's like just you guys will wait and see how hard. I'm going to throw this pass. Not how close I'm going to get it to the guy I, I'm, I, that the, is the intended receiver, but you guys are going to be blown away by how hard I'm going to throw this. And those are the ones that, you know, just are completely uncatchable by anybody. Or he says, you know, I could probably just take off and pick up 10 right here um, and maybe try to pick up 11 and fumble. So I, he still does mistakes that are are costly, but – I, I was very excited by the Diggs trade because I can't think of a time in football slash American history where I, we should care less about uh, future assets like draft picks than uh, a society at large and the NFL being in the state it is right now. Trade them all. Trade all the picks. Get all the players. The Bills just got to win that one Super Bowl. Then they can blow the entire stadium up and you know disassemble the team. I, I will have my one. So I... I'm glad they're trying for a win now situation. Mm-hmm. And even just looking at uh, our our uh, sponsor of the podcast, Bet Online, looking at the odds here to win the AFC Championship, Matt, this may make you a little uneasy. So they have the Ravens Chiefs tied at plus three fifty, and the Bills are in the three slot right now. It's coming out of the AFC at nine to one. Which you look at, you look at these other teams um, on paper, like the Bills are definitely they're they're gonna they're gonna be in the mix. They should be at least ten plus wins, in my opinion. If they said, uh, hey, um, hey, Matt, I've got this incredible proposition. Uh, I need you to get together $1,000. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll move some things around, and I'll bring the $1,000. Uh, 
what what's the what's the thing? Like we're going to bet on Buffalo to win the the AFC, which they have not done uh, since uh, 1993. Okay, all right, that's that's that seems really risky, but you must have incredible <laughs> odds. What will what will happen if I do it? And you told me I wouldn't even win ten thousand dollars. I'd want my house paid off if that happened <laughs> as a Bills fan because it would take a it would take several meteors for me to for me to like really think about what it would take for them to do that. So I think that is that's insane odds for a team that hasn't shown they they haven't shown they can't lateral away a wild card <laughs> in, uh, with a big lead. So I'm I think that's I, that makes me very uncomfortable. I would. It feels more like a twenty-five to one in my bones, but it it certainly is. Uh, it shows that they have a path, which is uh, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And as just an NFL fan and a gam- especially a gambler um, at heart, what's kind of your thoughts on the upcoming NFL season? It seems like some teams are going to have fans. I saw that the Chiefs are going to have twenty-two percent capacity for the opening night game. A couple other teams are going to have fans. Some not at all. How do you think that's going to cook into the gambling lines, and does that completely destroy home field advantage? Kind of what's your thoughts on all of that? My colleague Chris Raybon, who is one of the hosts of the Action Network podcast, which I, which I produce, which I, I love, um, the shameless plug there. But Chris, uh, Chris always brings up a good point, which is part of the, reason, the quantifiable reason that home field advantage works is um, it is – uh, it's very uncomfortable specifically for offensive lines to travel because they're huge dudes who are not who don't who can't comfortably travel in any in any uh, traditional mode of transportation because they're, they're big guys and offensive lines are are shown to play worse in every in every uh, me- you know any measurable way run blocking pass blocking all those things um, on the road and and he, he posits that one of the reason one of the reasons that that is the case is because the travel is such a wear and tear on their body. They have to get on a plane and a bus and a, you know, and they sleep in someone else's, they sleep in a hotel bed. Like it's a, it's a whole thing. And so that still happens this season. And in fact, all that travel will be worse because it's a, it's all these new COVID travel restrictions. So I'm intrigued by home field still mattering in that if you're home, you're just, you're not traveling, you're not physically traveling uh, from a gameplay perspective. I am very interested in how much better communication can be with offensive players. You can talk so clearly and, and you lose that big edge because even at one fifth capacity, you're just at a fraction of the kind of pandemonium that you can get in a, in a sold out, a sold out stadiums basically anywhere. So for, you know, does a player like Jared Goff who has such a hard time on the road and clearly such a hard time with unscripted plays and, and doing things on the fly, does he, do they finally get to leverage a genius offensive coach uh, uh, more uh, more consistently, not only on a game week by week, but like just a drive by drive? All the drives will start feeling the same. So I'm I, I'd rather I, I want to say I'm going to wait and see, but I love gambling, so I certainly won't be waiting and seeing. I'll be betting almost every game, almost every week. So I I think I'm going to be leaning on uh, existing coach quarterback combos and fading. New, uh, new people new to the position, and uh, any any quarterback new to to a starting role. I think that's where I'd start. Yeah, I think the, out of the gate, definitely week one, and we'll see how it goes. I think hammering continuity across the board and and seeing see where we land there. 
Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. We're recording Sunday night. It's coming out tomorrow. We're two weeks away from our first full NFL Sunday, which is why it's wild. It just doesn't it's just yeah. it doesn't feel like a, a NFL like fantasy drafts are coming, like all these things. Like, like this is really getting started soon, which is amazing. It just doesn't because the NBA is going on. I don't know. Yeah, I, maybe that. I think that's what I'm gonna blame it on. The NBA playoffs. We're not used to that. Cody, it's so wild that I understand fall. I like I like fall, and I like fall because I like I like football and particularly college football. Pumpkin spice lattes. Like I, <laughs> I actually was thinking to myself today, like a total sleep deprived maniac. I was starting to feel sad that it wasn't gonna physically be fall, as if this this affected like leaves falling and the weather getting chillier. Like I was, I'm so brainwashed by football and stands and like all of that hoopla that I I had mixed up that no, the Earth will still continue to rotate as it as it has, and like the leaves here will fall and it will get chillier and eventually become winter, regardless of whether the Bills have fans in the stands. So I'm yeah, I'm all turned around. Yeah, and also just the way like training camp has been covered, I feel like has been different because they can't have the media in there like it used to be. And obviously no preseason games, so we're not seeing a rookie pop off and him skying up uh, fantasy boards. And I think another thing that'll play a factor in stadiums with no fans is, you know, you talk about the communication. Like, the defenses are going to be able to hear the calls the offense are making more clearly. I, I heard that on another podcast, so I can't take full credit for that point. But quote it. Yeah, so uh, I think the defenses will probably be able to pick up on what offenses are doing, and they're going to have to be a little more creative, the offenses on, uh, stuff like that. But there was a college football game on last night, um, Austin PV, I believe, in some uh, another uh, random school. And Central Central Arkansas, go Golden, go Purple Bears. Mm-hmm. And we watched it for a little bit here, and, you know, there were, there were barely any fans there, but the way football is shot, right. kind of similar, kind of similar to basketball is – you don't see that there's no fans there. I think baseball is a bigger issue because you hit a fly ball, you have to pan to the outfield. You're going to see the empty stands. So I think football will be okay. There will be obviously some shots that are weird, but I think for the most part they'll be able to kind of block it out where you're, you're only really seeing the action. I think that's a perfect point, too, because baseball, you're, it keeps hitting you over and over again. There's no one there. And hockey, you always see fans. That's part of the fun. And after a goal, then nothing happens. And but basketball and football have an advantage of being shot in a way that fans are irre- almost irrelevant. What I'm what I'm really interested in is I, I think it's safe to say that enthusiasm for the NFL, for all the reasons you just outlined, enthusiasm's kind of down where we'd see it. If not, if not, you know, fifty uh, percent, it's down a measurable amount. And I'm I'm very interested to tell once we get that full NFL Sunday with what you just described as more or less games that look the same whether that enthusiasm immediately bounces back and we, we, you know, we didn't, we end up not, we didn't need the training camp excitement stage. Um, I, I think the loss of people's bar pools, there's a lot less bar pools. There are a lot less, um, some people don't want to play. They're suspending some fantasy leagues, you know, home leagues. I think that that leads to some excitement waning, but I, I, I'm very intrigued to see what happens once, that first NFL Sunday ends up looking and feeling more or less the same if everyone's just busy rubbing their hands together and being like, let's just pretend everything's totally normal. Let's let's do it. Yeah, I mean, especially compared to where we were in, like, the the dark days of, like, April and May sports-wise, whereas, like, 
are we ever like are we ever getting anything back? Um, I, I think I think everyone's gonna be pretty excited come that first Sunday. Um, Matt, what was kind of the most ridiculous thing you bet on during the COVID uh, break and halt in sports for you? KBO, you mentioned Dars already. Oh, I remember holding uh, my I had a I had a daughter uh, whose name is Maxine Danger Mitchell, uh, who's sleeping upstairs right now. Uh, Maxine was born. Uh, in in March, which is uh, again another thing I give I, I wouldn't recommend having a <laughs> having a daughter a week after all sports are canceled in the middle of a pandemic. But uh, I would hold her uh, uh, in the middle of the night, which you know when she needed to, you know, uh, she already eaten, and mom would be like, "Listen, you just got to take this baby out of my hands." So I would I would be holding her tiny little body as the as the sun would be coming up, and <laughs> check out my phone and looking at those um uh those. Well, KBO came later. The CPBL, I watched so many of the Taiwanese baseball games. I knew that I had strong opinions on the Deuce and Bears. And, like, I watched those games uh, almost every day because I happened to be up at three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. But I would say the darts home league, when they started doing the normal darts competition, but they, the guys would play it in their, in their apartments, that, that whole thing felt so preposterous. It was basically what we're doing right now, but you could bet on it. But, like, the same quality of just guys on Skype, but we're betting real money on it. And sometimes their feeds would drop. It was the dumbest thing, and I, I still love it. It still scratched an itch. But, yeah, it was, it was a real time of drinking seawater just because you're thirsty. <laughs> Where were you watching the, uh, the dart tournament that was taking place in, like, some apartment? <laughs> Uh, we would we would be streaming it. Uh, Mike Leboff, another another hardworking uh, worker bee, uh, a straw that stirs the drink at the Action Network, ha- loves darts and is always trying to get people to bet darts and snooker. And I think he he likes to pretend he's a you know a, an 85 year old you know a, a Ukrainian mobster or whatever. But he he would always have a good a good line on something ridiculous like that. So we would end up watching that as a collective. Uh, and yeah, I gotta say it was it was weird. It was weird, but in a in that weird, awesome like betting on the Little League World Series. Yeah, that 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 is funny. And you mentioned you know your family a little while ago. I saw on your Action Network you know profile page that you proposed to your wife at a Las Vegas roulette wheel. Can you give us that story? And did you hit a big bet on a number and it just came to you, or were you planning that before? So it was uh, it was the same day. It was actually within the same hour of. Uh, the Bills fans will remember when Stevie Johnson dropped the game-winning touchdown pass in overtime against the Steelers, and then af- after the game, uh, blamed God, said it was it was God's fault for that he didn't catch it. Uh, the, the Bills had just lost that game, and I had planned on proposing, and I ended up having to to carry because of my my job. We were going to fly to Vegas after Thanksgiving, and I had to take the engagement ring from our place in Milwaukee to. Uh, Denver for work, and then flew to Baltimore for for Thanksgiving, and then we flew, my wife and I flew from Thanksgiving, where she met my family, to um, Las Vegas, so it, it covered all the time zones. Uh, her folks and my aunt and uncle came with us on this vacation, and I, I didn't tell them until right before what I was about to do, and I I asked her, her father for his permission in the Bellagio sports book, and he was like, when are you going to do this? And I was like, he's like, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I, he knew something was up because I bought him a beer at the bar there, and no no sane person would ever in a sports book spend twenty two dollars on two Budweisers at a at the sports book bar. 
So uh, he says, yeah, when are you going to do it? I go, like, fairly soon, and I need, you to, I need you to take my lead when I suggest something for the next hour. And I came back to our group in the sports book, and I was like, guys, I have a great idea. Let's go to Bill's Gambling Hall, which uh, is now gone, but was my absolute favorite place on the face of this earth, which is dressed across the street from Bellagio. Let's all go over there. And we went over, and uh, I found an empty uh, roulette table. And I said I had this plan that I was going to give it to the dealer, give the ring to the dealer. And then when my wife hit one of her numbers, they'd put the ring on top of the chips and slide it over. And I told the dealer, and she was like, oh, that is so clever. Absolutely not. I will absolutely not do that. And I, at no time in my planning did I think the dealer would say no. Uh, I hadn't really gotten that far. And then I told the pit boss, and I, I had been to Bill's many, 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 many times in my travels, so they, not that many people were enthusiastic about that place uh, that, were, that were under the age of 30. And I said, hey, pit boss, like, here's the deal. And he goes, oh, we can absolutely take care of that. I'll take care of the whole thing. I'll make sure the ring's always on camera. You're good to go. Just get everyone at the table. I then proposed that we go play roulette all of a sudden. And my father-in-law was playing along. He was like, yeah, sounds good. So we sit down. And uh, my wife always plays the same six numbers. And so I figured, well, there's, you know, there's 38 spots on the wheel, play six numbers. It's not going to be more than six, seven, eight, nine, ten spins, you know, that kind of thing. And she played the same ones over and over again. And she loses and loses and loses and loses and loses and loses. And now she's out of money after a little while, after uh, like ten spins. And I did something I had never done before or since, which is offered to buy her back in. And she got real pissed about it. I have my own money, Matthew. I'll continue playing if it's so important to you. So now we're like in a mini fight. I also had to pee so bad I thought I was going to pee my pants at the table. And then 15, 16, 17 spins, 18 spins. This woman is ice cold. And by, by now, the pit boss has told all the other tables. So every time they spun the wheel, the other action would stop. And everyone would watch to see if she would celebrate so it had a real when the wheel was spinning it had a real breathless feel to the whole building finally she hits and everybody erupts because they know what's going to happen everyone knows what's going to happen but but her and she thinks everyone's really jazzed that she won seventy dollars or whatever she's she thought they might be being sarcastic but then they push the chips out and there's the ring on it she immediately knew what was going on uh I said something romantic, which uh, she didn't hear at all because she was screaming. Um, but she said yes, and it worked out great. It was a, it was a blast getting engaged in, in Vegas like that. I would highly recommend because people thought it was great and, and got us absolutely wrecked after that. Uh, that's quite the story. I love I love that <laughs> the element that the number just didn't come up. It, it was uh, her, the number that ended up hitting was 20, 22, 22 black. <laughs> The great story. Um, yeah, Matt. Before we go, I have another quick question for you. Your Twitter account is is pretty unbelievable. Old boy, Uncle Mitch. We'll let you plug it afterwards, but I have to ask you about your infatuation with meatball subs, real quick. Again, not related to, to betting. So, for our listeners that are still with us, thank you. Um, so, so uh, you tweeted on August sixth. My my wife just asked me to describe my perfect woman. You responded once. I said, eighteen inches tall. She knew I'd lost focus and was just describing my perfect meatball sub. So what's the deal there? I just love meatball subs. I'd rather be eating a meatball <laughs> sub than doing almost anything at any given time. And I think about meatball subs all the time. I definitely have a have a food 
Uh, I have a I have a problem with moderation in general. But yeah, I think gambling and meatball subs are probably one and one a. So I I'm glad I can bring some of that meatball sub. I can I can let meatball subs also inform my best in class Twitter content as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. From Subway. I I have eaten them at Subway, and if I if I was if, if you asked me, do you like them with Subway? I'd be like, absolutely not. Those are trash subs. <laughs> and then if you brought me to a Subway, and we're like, did it. I'd be like, oh, I'll no, I'm, I'm, I, I'll just, I'll just take two. I'll just do two football, <laughs> uh, foot long meatball subs, and that, and that's it. But nothing else. Uh, so yeah, Subway get the job done. But really, the ones from a nice Italian place where the bread gets real soft from the, from the sauce, but still maintains its structural integrity, and you have to eat it. Before you even get to your car, like it has to be eaten within, you know, a four and a half minute window, probably while standing, uh, you know, standing over something because it's going to, you know, you always have to worry about the bottom dropping out. Now I'm get, you got me all excited. It's the middle of the night now and I'm thinking about meatball subs. I, how am I going to go to sleep tonight? <laughs> it's, it's funny being back in New Jersey the last couple of weeks, I actually did have a meatball sub for the first time in forever and they are a delicious uh, <laughs> treat. So yeah, it's good. everything about them is great. Yeah, it's it's funny, but Matt, this has been a lot of fun. We've we've talked about a lot of random stuff, but it, it's it's been a great time. Can you uh, you want to plug your you know your Twitter handle, the podcast you do at Action? Uh, give it all out. Yes, uh, I am the I'm the producer of two terrific podcasts. Uh, the Action Network podcast is a great source for uh, fantasy football, golf, uh, college football against the spread, NFL against the spread. We're we're getting ready to kick into our uh, football season regularly scheduled content with episodes four or five times a week. Uh, also, the favorites with Chad Nillman and Bob Scucci, a uh, bookmaker at the uh, at Boyd Gaming. And uh, yeah, you can always follow me on Twitter at Old Boy Uncle Mitch. That's Old O L Boy Uncle Mitch. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. It has been a real pleasure. Thanks, guys. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return to sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Horry. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in the series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. 